Locked on Boomer in the Morning. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's very unprofessional to take a bite of food right before you go in the air. Well, sorry, dude. What would it sound like if I was doing that? I don't know why you would do that. Yeah. Like, you're not new to radio, dude. No, we were just talking about it. I think it's almost 10 years doing this, so that's my battle. I'll, I'll wear that one. Good sandwich, though, eh? What sandwich? What was that kick? There was kind of some... Uh... Oh, that was a spicy sort of uh, mm-hmm. chipotle aioli, something mm-hmm. like that. Oh, Could have yeah. been, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Could have been. Uh, Flames game day. Get your helmet on. 7 o'clock stars. Flames tonight. As uh, some of that Alex Regula on that, yeah, I know, yeah, Regula, yeah, (laughs) so good that guy. Uh, The penultimate home game for the Calgary Flames this regular season. They play Vancouver on Saturday, and then road games next week, and then prepare for the postseason. Yeah, then you can start putting the the paint on your face. Let's go. Game one will be at the dome. Is this going to be a preview of a first round series matchup for the Calgary Flames? as they take on the Dallas Stars tonight. We'll ask. Only one man knows. Oh, and, uh, okay. He, he joins us right now. Owen Newkirk. Who is that? Oh, yeah. Owen, Owen knows? Yeah. Owen has the answers. Wow. So good to talk to you again, man. Uh, maybe we'll wait on it. Maybe you don't want to give it away right at the start of the interview, then people don't need to well, listen. That's a big crescendo. Yeah, so we'll, for it. maybe yeah. we'll work towards it. But mm-hmm. uh, how are things with you? Boys, I will tell you one thing and one thing only. I am not currently eating a breakfast sandwich. So I am ready to prognosticate mm. the playoffs. I will not be unprofessional and eat while we're in the radio interview. So uh, thank you. I'm firing shots early yeah. this morning, guys. I uh, I've shook yeah. off the disappointment of a road loss in Edmonton last night and ready to see a bounce back tonight because this is the Stars' last road game of the season, and we need a better effort Ooh. than we saw 50 shots against the Oilers last night. I know afterwards. Uh almost to a man they felt like maybe they saw this coming edmonton was at home three days preparing this is a road game obviously now it's the first in back-to-back but it it's almost as though it wasn't out of left field that you maybe could have seen this coming is that fair um no i mean look edmonton's a great team and we all know the kind of speed they have and i think sometimes this year we've seen dallas struggle with teams that play with speed but but not just speed Mm -hmm. but play with speed and chaos, meaning uh, you don't know necessarily where they're coming from, and it kind of rips apart some of the structure. Uh, that being said, I was much more disappointed about Dallas's performance on Monday in Vancouver than I was last night. Mm. You don't like to see a loss, but it felt like at least you were getting something from the Stars last night, and they, they clawed their way back to a 2-2 game in the second period. But... Yeah, that Monday night game in Vancouver was really, really frustrating because you're going on the road. You know you have an opportunity to catch uh, Nashville, who had lost the day before. Um, I believe you guys might have had something to do with that. No, no, no. That was the St. Louis was, game before that. Sorry. Yeah. Um, it's all blending together here at the end. It was that 8-3 <laughs> route where the, the Blues scored seven goals in the second period on Sunday. And yeah. uh, so there was, it, was, it was frustrating because you go to Vancouver and you go – you have an opportunity to get two up on the Preds for that first wild card spot and play you guys instead of Colorado. And look, all due respect, you guys are a very, very good hockey team. You don't need me to tell you that. But I believe Daryl Sutter said it best is 
You're wasting your time if you play Colorado in the first round. What did he say? It was eight days, uh, an absolute waste, something like that? Yeah, he's, he referenced it twice. One was he had the, he dropped the old shirt kicking, and then the other was a waste of eight <laughs> days. So he's twice colorfully referenced not anyone would ever want to play Colorado in, in round one. I don't think the Flames would take offense to that. They understand. They've seen Colorado a few times this year. Um Maybe one of the quieter moves this year at the deadline was Scott Wedgwood getting picked up by this Dallas mm-hmm. club that we wondered why they were starting the season with 54 goaltenders. But slowly, one by one, they dropped like flies. And now I'm looking at the rotation here. There's been a lot of Wedgwood. And like, what what is the, 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 the dynamic in net right now? And, and walk us through how Wedgwood's been since his arrival from what, Arizona? Yeah, he's been way better, I think, than even Jim Neal could have anticipated because, look, the, the Stars did not think, and you, you guys said it absolutely correctly, that they were going to be – Neal actually joked about this at the deadline. He said, if you told me in September with four NHL goalies in camp that I was going to be trading a fourth-round pick for a fifth NHL goalie, I would have said, you're nuts. Well, he was absolutely right, and yet here we are. As ben Bishop is forced to, into retirement because of injuries. Anton Hudobin had season-ending hip surgery, and, and to be fair, Hudobin hadn't been great. Maybe that was because of the injury, uh, but he is out. And then Braden Holpe, who when he was healthy was outstanding this year, and he's got an injury, and I don't know if we're going to see him. He's not been completely ruled out, but we haven't seen him on the ice yet, so it's not looking good here as we get close to the end of the season. So Jake mm-hmm. Ottinger, who they, a lot of guys in the organization thought he was going to have another you know extra seasoning kind of year in the AHL with the Texas Stars is thrust into the starters role and for much of it he's been really really good they go out and get Wedgwood essentially just to not have to play the kid every single night and the interesting dynamic is that Wedgwood has actually been the better goalie since the deadline and last night was the first night he didn't in in his six starts he had not gotten at least a point. He was on a, a 3-0-2 start with, with Dallas. Absolutely stole one in Carolina as their his first game with the Stars. Uh, you know, had, Stars had no business winning that game, and Wedgwood stood on his head. Then he shuts out the Tampa Bay Lightning at home. Yeah, overtime right. points against Toronto and Minnesota. He was really, really good. And last night... He had 45 saves against the Oilers. It wasn't Scott Wedgwood's fault that they lost that right. game. So... He's been excellent. Um, we, we're sort of speculating. We're trying to figure out what this sudden dip for Jake Ottinger's play has been over the last, what, three weeks since the deadline, where his save percentage has gone from 920s to 89. And that's a mm. pretty stark change. We just wonder if this is that wall that, you know, Ottinger has never played this many games in a professional season. In fact, you know, he played in college before that. He didn't play that many games. Now, He's young. They always talk about that he has a, you know, a ton of energy. He's on the ice early. He is incredibly mature professional for such a young goalie. But he's played 44 games now. And although his win-loss record is excellent, I think he's 27-14-1, which think about that. In his early 20s, thrust in midseason as the starter, and he has 27 wins in 44 games. But that save percentage has started to sort of creep down a little. And you're just wondering – is the fatigue catching him? And that's why we've seen more of Wedgwood. And to be honest with you guys, Wedgwood deserved the start against Edmonton because he's been the better goalie. It's wild. Yeah. And then factor in, I guess, um, 
man, like this this playoff chase is interesting. Like you said, you want to avoid Colorado, but all of a sudden it's like, well, hang on now. Vancouver might not yeah. be dead. And like, oh, look, Vegas is now healthy and somehow cap compliant, and uh, they're not going away. <laughs> like this, I feel like there's a little more out-of-town scoreboard watching than you, you thought you might be doing uh, at this juncture of the season. Look, the math still very much is in the Dallas Stars' favor, even after losing games in Vancouver and Edmonton. That being said, I would really like to see a win here or there just to ease it a bit because we were talking after they, they took five or six points on the last homestand, and you thought, that's a really good push, and there's a chance if you have a couple results on this three-game Western Canadian road trip that you could clinch before you have to face Vegas one more time. The Stars play Vegas next week at home. It's on Tuesday night at the AAC. And boy, wouldn't it be nice if that game was either to eliminate the the Golden Knights or you didn't need to beat them to ensure a playoff spot. Well, depending on how things go, you know, the Vegas rallied last night to to beat the the Capitals. I thought for a little while that that game was going to go the Stars' way and that the Caps would help them out. It was great to see them lose Vegas at home to New Jersey the other night. That was a bit of an (laughs) unexpected surprise. Um, But then, you know what? Look, guys, five games left for Dallas. They have a two-point lead with a game in hand over Vegas. They've got Mm -hmm. a four-point lead over Vancouver. All they have to do is control their own destiny and not mess it up. We play you guys tonight. Then it's home against Seattle, home against Vegas, back-to-back home against Arizona and Anaheim. Other Ooh, than the Vegas finish. game, yeah. you should I – mean, again, look, Rick Bonus said the other day, and I'm sure you guys hear this a lot too, one of the, he said one of the hardest teams to beat is the one that's out of the playoffs because he said they play free and easy and they play with no structure. So you don't know where these guys are coming from when you're trying to defend because you get a lot of independent contractors. And that can be tricky, but let's face it, if you want to make the playoffs, you have Seattle, Arizona, Anaheim, and Vegas – you win three of four, you probably do it. Owen oh, Newkirk, Dallas Stars Radio, our guest here on Sportsnet. One of the, on any given night, one of the best lines in hockey belongs to the Dallas Stars. Watching Pavelski, Jason Robertson, and Rupe Hintz both with a goal and an assist last night. Mm-hmm. It's a luxury a coach loves to have. The problem, I guess, Owen, is that it, it dries up fairly quickly offensively after that. I guess twofold, did you expect the explosion? I, I think if... If you paid attention, you, you probably saw it coming. Hints has been getting better year after year. It's been 37 goals now for Robertson. I don't know that we saw Jeez. quite that. And for Pavelski, he just doesn't age. But did did you see this kind of success from that line? And then secondly, did you did you expect that much of a offensive drop from the rest of, say, the top nine? It, yes and no. Yes, we expected what, what our radio broadcast. We're, we're having nickname wars in Dallas trying to figure out because uh, the line is is too good and, and everybody agrees hints pavelski and robertson is good enough they deserve a name so there's been a bunch thrown around there the one that we on the radio broadcast like the best is the avengers line because you have captain america's joe pavelski and then okay. we've given J- uh, jason robertson the nickname of iron man because he's kind of like tony stark and then we have rope hints the scandinavian so he's clearly Thor, right? He's got the long flow gotcha. going. He looks yeah. like him a bit. So it works out pretty well. Well, the Avengers line we knew. Last year they were great, and they emerged as a real dominant first line. I expected them to be good this year. What I didn't expect is 
the drop off because the talking point coming into this season was how secondary scoring was an issue last year. It's why the stars first, I mean, there were some other factors like a snowstorm and a COVID hit and playing 11 straight weeks of four games in six days. And the team just burnt out by the end and they missed by four points. But the other talking point was scoring outside of that top line. And so the, everybody said, and myself included, Tyler Sagan missed almost the entire year with uh, hip surgery. So he was going to be back. Alexander Radulov had off-season surgery and said he felt better than he'd had in five years. All of a sudden, you're going to have Ben Sagan Radulov behind the, this new top line. That's a scary one-two punch. Plus, you have you know the Fox line, the shutdown. Uh, they brought in Glenn Denning and Michael Roffel, and they've been a very good shutdown line. And you're thinking, geez, this looks really good. Now, look, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan, if you actually look at their numbers, they haven't been bad. Forget their contract numbers because that mm. is a, an outlier that really confuses what they are. And I think it's important to point out that for every now and then we go to a t- uh, play a team that we haven't seen in a while. And everyone says, oh, Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan. You go, no, 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 no. This is not their team anymore. This is the Hintz-Robertson-Pavelski team. That's the, the, the line that's driving this offense. And, and we've been really surprised how inconsistent – the secondary scoring has been because for the most part, Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan for what they are now in their careers, not what they were four or five years ago, that sort of 2014, 15 Ben and Sagan were, which were dominant players in the league. They need somebody, whether it's on their line or around them to complement and give that secondary scoring. And they've tried really hard with Dennis Gurionov and he's been infuriatingly inconsistent, um, especially <laughs> with his play away from the puck, but also Rick Bona said, look, if you're going to be less structurally sound away from the puck and defensively, you better balance that with consistent offense. And he hasn't been giving him that. They brought in Vladislav Nemesnikov at the trade deadline. Unfortunately, he picked up an injury. So they're hoping maybe he'll be back for the final week, but he's not on the trip. And so they've tried Jacob Peterson, the rookie from Sweden, who was a pleasant surprise at a camp. He's had really good moments, but there's been times where Bones just isn't really confident with him on a regular basis yet. They claimed Marion Studenich from New Jersey, and he had flashes where Ben Sagan Studenich was a phenomenal line. But as Bones said, it got stale too fast, and it just hasn't clicked. Then you have Radulov. They've gone back to him. And I've been really surprised, guys, because Radulov still plays like the usual Tasmanian devil out there. He works so hard. He forechecks like an absolute wild person. But the drop-off in offensive production from him this year really caught me by surprise. And then uh, the two big names on the back end, how have their seasons gone? I, we're not hearing the, the Haskin and Buzz as much as we have in years past, but that doesn't mean he's still not a great player. There's also been some time away, and it was a weird little dance that Klimberg and the team had to do. He's a UFA this summer. He's still there. It's past the deadline, obviously. Yeah, Klingberg didn't have a great offensive start to this season. And I think the uh, the fact that he hadn't signed and maybe just a little struggling with the, the situation was probably – I'm sure it was affecting him a bit. But we've seen John Klingberg as the guy that you expect him to be, driving the offense, running the power play. He's still an elite player in, in terms of getting the puck out of your zone and not getting stuck hemmed in. That's there. The, I mean, I could talk to you for half an hour about the – contract discussion and the fact that it's been a little bit misreported in some of the national outlets about the fact that he didn't request a trade. He just was given permission by Jim Nill to 
see what's around for, for his agent to talk to other teams because I think it was one of those negotiating tactics where he said, this is what we're offering right now. And clearly the two sides weren't in agreement. And so mm-hmm. instead of saying, you know, there's no more negotiating, it's just go see what else is out there. Maybe you'll see that what I'm offering isn't as bad as you think it is. That being said, I still think there's a 50-50 chance that Klingberg and the Stars come to a deal in the offseason. But there was no way Dallas was going to trade Klingberg like a lot of people were reporting. So this this is a team in the Stars that fancies themselves as a playoff team. You can't do that and trade away John Klingberg. Everybody was saying they're you know Joe Pavelski on the market. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he's their leading scorer, and he's a point-of-game guy. So why would you get rid of him if you think that you can win in the playoffs? The Miro Haskin one has been a really sort of double-edged sword because when he's out there, you watch him play against Connor McDavid. He's one of the, I think, the few defensemen in the league that can actually skate with a guy like McJesus. And he is so good with so many little subtleties that don't show up on the score sheet. His stick position, breaking up plays that, again, don't really go notice except for by the trained eye and the coaching staff. And we all know Miro's phenomenal talent. What's been the most surprising for me is that he hasn't had the offensive production. Now, he had a down year offensively last year after leading the team in scoring in the bubble in Edmonton, and we thought he was going to be primed for a resurgence this year and get into that Norris discussion again because I think everybody knows he's the pedigree to be a Norris Trophy winner. The problem is, guys, he hasn't scored a goal in 37 games, which is – almost unheard of for a, a player of his talent. And so, you know, the assists are still there. He's got 30 assists this year, but it's been a weird offensive season for Miro. And again, you it, the biggest problem is, is if you look at the stars scoring this year, it's the Avengers line, one, two, three, Pavelski, Robertson, Hintz, Sagan and Ben are next, Klingberg, Haskin, and then there's just this, Suter's been okay, then there's just this big drop-off. And that's the underlying problem of last night in Edmonton. Two goals from the from Rope Hints and Robertson. So the Avengers lines are getting it done. And you're just going, anybody else? Can anybody else chip in? And they just couldn't do it last night. It's a hard way to live, right? Because uh, we were talking about it earlier. Ryan had trotted out the number of how many games that it's been where it's been two goals and that's it. for dead, You know what I mean? That's tough on a goaltender. Yep. That's tough on everybody. Uh, leading the league in one goal games, the goals for and against, uh, minus nine when it leaves very little room for error and here daryl sutter he's been just preaching about how tough it is in the playoffs and these guys the flames they better get ready for when scoring goes down and how difficult it is the dallas stars they've been playing that way all season it it must be exhausting to a certain point for the coaches (laughs) and for everybody to to be in a one goal game in the third period again well you know it's funny because we were talking about you know that stat that everybody looks at in the standings the goal differential and you see Dallas at minus nine, and they're a playoff team. And almost without fail, teams that have a positive goal differential make the playoffs, and teams that don't miss the playoffs. It almost always works. Well, right now you've got both Dallas and L.A. with negative goal differentials in playoff spots, and you're going, how? And it's exactly what you said. When the Stars win, it's usually by one goal. They don't run away with it. They don't put teams to bed because of the scoring issues and it's not it's not offensive generation i track quality scoring chances as a way of staying focused in games when i moved up to dallas from the ahl and i stopped doing play by play i mean i am doing it for other stuff but not for hockey right now i was like 
kind of wandering a bit and having a little bit of trouble staying as focused because when you're doing play by play, you're literally saying everything that's happening around the puck for the whole game. So it's easy to really stay zoned in on it and not say, Oh, that smells like nachos over there or something like that. So I started tracking quality scoring chances as sort of a way of keeping myself really laser focused. And more often than not, not last night against Edmonton, but most games, the stars have more quality chances than their opposition. So what's the problem? It's finishing. They're not putting the puck in the net enough. And when the puck goes in, they usually win. And they have like Robertson to me is a natural finisher. And they, those are pretty rare. And those are why you, you covet those guys. Joe Pavelski is a bit of a grinder in that sense, because he finds a way to score a lot of tips and he works on it every day. Uh, outside of that, there, there aren't a lot of guys on this team that if you give them the chance, they're going to score. And so it's an issue, right? One goal games, you're either chasing the game or you're clinging to it. And there's been a couple of times where they've really locked down that third period and sort of just cruised with that lead to victory, but they're not getting the empty net goals to, to ice it. And they're certainly when they lose sometimes that giving up that empty net goal or two, and all of a sudden they lose by three or four. And so that's why they're minus nine in goal differential, and yet they're still a playoff team. The good news, though, guys, if I if I may tout the Stars to their benefit, is because they play this way, they don't have to flip a switch if they make the playoffs because they've been doing this for most of the season. Yeah, and we were looking this morning, uh, two memorable games between these two early in the season. Uh, Flames had played a bunch on the road. It was, I think, the third or fourth home game. They played pretty well, but Jamie Benn scores in overtime. And then February 1st down in Dallas, it was a 3-1 lead. And then the Flames get three in the third to win by a score of 4-3 to and an improbable comeback there. So uh, I, I don't know what the over-under is. That's a little difficult, but I'm going to, if there's anywhere to put money down on a one-goal game, I think yeah. I'm going to, going to take that bet tonight you're gonna to stick with four to three i mean the, the the actually that calgary game uh in dallas back on february 1st was actually one of the examples we use of the stars not closing things down because two goal lead in the third period mm-hmm. with a team that's supposed to be that defensively structured stars should have won that game but i mean look calgary was way better that night in the third period you guys steamrolled us in that third and and frankly it was it was one of those losses that really stuck with you for a while because you go back and look at it and go you had no business losing when you have the lead at home like that but the flames had all the chances there's they they wanted it more and you know those things happen at times but i think the stars are hoping that when they get to because every team can do that you can go back through the, the schedule and go that's a game that should have been different. Boy, you got a really lousy call by the refs in this one, or, oh, that puck went in off a guy's leg. And you can do that every year, but you want to make sure that when you, if you make the playoffs, you're not going back, or if you miss the playoffs, you're not going, didn't, didn't bring it that night. Should have showed more urgency here and here, and, and you don't want those regrets. Owen, enjoy the game, man. We appreciate your time. And in, yeah, have fun. Ignore with, those nacho scents. You stay focused. I was going to say, I have a feeling Eat that before if, the games, you can't go hungry. Even when you were doing play-by-play, I think you may not. You you were smelling those nachos. You maybe just that's didn't Cedar know Parker. It. That's how focused you, you were. You guys should nachos. see. I'm always winning when I get to the media room. Always. <laughs> Attaboy. Attaboy. Take care, Owen. Good see to talk later. to you, buddy. Thanks, boys. Always a pleasure. Radio host Dallas Stars Owen Newkirk tonight, seven o'clock at the Dome. Final meeting of the regular season. Maybe. Four more to come. Could be. They're not. Uh, 
great guns right now. Like I, at the beginning there, we we one of the, we've been talking a while for about one line. We've been talking a while about how they haven't been playing great, not scoring enough. We've been talking a while about all these close games with them. Who's their number one? Yeah, I mean it's Ottinger, right? A lot more now, and if yeah. Ottinger's not playing well right now, and you got this chase on, like, yeah, that's a very different situation than most teams in the playoffs. Yeah, I don't know. Like, if he gets blown out in game one, what do they do? I don't know the answer. If Markstrom gets blown out in game one, I know what they do. They go back to Markstrom. Is Toronto close to that territory? Maybe. Um, I think in St. Louis, it's interesting because Huso's been so good, and Washington won a maybe. Cup. Washington for sure. And Minnesota's interesting because they got Talbot playing on rail right now. But, but and that's a that's more of a luxury where they have two guys they feel really good about. Yes. Whereas the other ones, you're kind of. But there's certain series where you're like, man, there could be drama in the crease. There just isn't going to be in the Calgary series unless there's an injury. It's going to be Markstrom's net. That's that. But in Dallas, I wonder. These are very important games, and they continue to look to Wedgwood more than Ottinger in the last bit. Last night they lost in Edmonton. It was Wedgwood and Net. He faced 50. You would think. You go with Ottinger tonight. They both played in Vancouver too. I was like, to say. They use both goalies. You've yeah. been losing five two six two. That's not necessarily one goalie territory. We'll break here. We're an hour number three. It's eight thirty. We'll come back. Mike Meldrum, the president and CEO of the uh, Calgary Health Foundation. We're gonna talk about obviously we're here at the show home. It's not just about us sitting in the basement eating breakfast sandwiches. Not I like mean, Dan- we're not like I'm Danny okay Heatley. That. Eating breakfast sandwiches, uh, but we'll talk to Mike about where like a shot. where does it go and how does it help the uh, the fine city we live in when we come back. Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan. Boomer in the morning is on right now. Sportsnet nine sixty, the fan, Calgary. Simplicity. So simple. FoothillsHospitalHomeLottery.com. It's a website. You go on there and enter. takes you right to the website. That's oh. their slogan. Simplicity. It's so simple. It's so simple. Yeah. Buy tickets. You click on that, and then you'll be just a matter of moments, seconds, away from buying your tickets for the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. And if you do it before midnight tomorrow, you'll be in for all of the grand prize, all the, the grand prize, which is this beautiful show home where we're at in Mahogany today. But if, say, you go, uh, Sunday, I'll get around to it, then you're not going to have a chance at the $1.1 million early bird prize package. That $1 million condo in Canmore, Alberta, the brand-new Range Rover Sport, the $25,000 in cash, and you're never going to get that back. Hmm. You're going to be like, oh, I should have done that on, on Thursday or Friday, like Boom said. You're wise, Dean. You're very wise. I, I keep telling people. I they, believe you. They seem skeptical, though, when I tell well, them. I they really the seem to have doubts. I was the first. The uh, president and CEO. I want to be a CEO someday. No, you don't. I don't they know what it stands for. I don't know what it means, but, man, it sounds impressive. Mike Meldrum joins us, the president and CEO of Calgary Health Foundation. Is it true, Mike? Does it, are you very busy? Does that make you a busy person? Busy. I am pretty busy, but uh, oh, they, they right. for me this morning. Yeah, well... I'll hold off on that CEO thing. Or, you know, we'll talk later. Mike's got the reins for a bit. Yeah. Let's catch up in a while. We'll talk about it. Uh, This is, we were talking with Val earlier, and it kind of struck me. It's one of those things now as we get into 2022 and spring will become summer that we can actually invite people to the show home. We haven't been able to do that for a long time. We're, it's progress, Mike, right? We're, we're actually getting somewhere now. 
Yeah, absolutely. We had, uh, I hear we had about 1,300 uh, through uh, over the weekend, uh, last weekend, and so it's great to see uh, the home opening up and people being able to sort of check it out uh, firsthand again. The whole lottery, the philosophy, the whole, it's so much goes into it, obviously. So many people, their jobs, their lives are to put this event, this specific prize, everything, all of it together. I guess how, is there any way to describe how important it is once everything's been, the tickets are then bought and you give away the houses and the cars and the money and all of that, and then it's months and months and years down the road. How do you explain to people just how important this specific event is in terms of the money that's going to be raised here? Well, you know, this is the 30th anniversary of the Foothills Hospital Home Lottery. And so when you look at the overall impact that the lottery has, this community members sort of step up and purchase tickets and uh, for a chance to win, but also show their support of health care. It just uh, has provided a phenomenal foundation for our health system uh, here in Calgary. And we're just so appreciative that, uh, you know, the generosity is exceptional, but it's critical to providing uh, uh, you know, a margin of excellence in our healthcare system to ensure we have access to the best care possible in our community. And it's not a bonus, is it? It's something that you factor that into budgets and everything else. This is a key component of the entire year and just the entire the the, the move the movement of the Calgary Health Foundation. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a key revenue source for us that allows yeah. us to do uh, we make significant investments to improve healthcare. So we'd. Uh, We'd really miss it without that uh, strong community support, so it's exceptional. We were talking with Val earlier. One of the one of the key focuses this year is on women's health, and it changes throughout the years and different uh, different aspects and different beneficiaries. It's not only women's health, but I guess in in determining those from one year to the next, from one event to the next, what's that selection and decision process like? Yeah, you know, we, we work really closely with our, our partner, Alberta Health Services, and uh, specifically in this case, the leadership of the Foothills uh, Hospital to to identify areas where we can really make a difference, right? Uh, what those gaps are in care that will really make a difference in the quality of care. And and uh, and it does change from year to year, and uh, it's just exceptional to uh, have identified women's health as an area uh, this year, and we're, we're looking forward to the difference that we can make in improving uh, outcomes for women. I know it says on uh, your online bio here, the uh, 25 years of fundraising experience. It's, do you enjoy it? Is it an easy endeavor? Is it, is it, does it become a little bit more tricky? Or what is, what is it like to kind of spearhead and to get in with so many moving parts and so many prizes and everything involved with this? Yeah, you know, I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I get to work with people at their best that are trying to make a difference in the community, and whether they be donors or whether they be generous uh, ticket purchasers, uh, they're people that are wanting to make a difference. And uh, and so it's uh, I get more energy from uh, just talking to donors and connecting with uh, people that support the lotteries than anything else in my job. So it's uh, uh, I really enjoy it. And there's more to it, right, than just let's get some cars and we'll build a couple houses and build a condo and uh, and then call it a day. As Valid said, and we kind of rolled through it, there are so many different... It's great because there's more things to win, I guess, for people that are buying tickets. Obviously, it's about raising money for the Health Foundation, but there's lots to win, but there, there's such a wide array of things. How... What, what are those meetings like? Do you kind of sit back... What what kind of things do you like? Well, what kind of things do you like? Do you come up with like a master <laughs> list of cool stuff, or how does that work? You know, we work closely with uh, a lottery manager of ours that uh, has a lot of experience in this area, and 
you're right. There is a lot of thought that goes into what are the right uh, prizes and experiences, effectively, that will attract people to purchase tickets and to really see themselves as uh, wanting to participate. And uh, so there's a lot of thought that's gone into it. And obviously, we've had a lot of reps at this point. So we've, uh, you know, 30 years, we we get to knowing uh, what people like to see. And a great example is the early bird prize that, uh, you know, we're talking about today with the, the Canmore. I mean, it's you know, the heart of mountain living that has uh, Range Rover Sport, as you mentioned, 25,000 cash. It's sort of the full sort of mountain package that would uh, be just an exceptional experience for anyone. Yeah, not bad as a hook to try and get you involved, right? <laughs> and then and then the winning starts after that. That's not a bad little, little uh, appetizer, right? Yeah, that's not even the grand prize, right? Which is the biggest yeah. ever. So three at $3 million prize package. So pretty incredible. I said to Ryan earlier, it feels like, it used to be, here's the house, and then you can choose the car or the cash, or here's the, the trip or the cash, and now a lot of it has become, well, all right, here's the here's the condo. Just and, take it all. And the Range Rover <laughs> and the cash. Go ahead. Just take it all. It's It, it has been amazing how the, uh, the the prizes, obviously everything goes up in price, and, man, it feels like these prizes are, are bigger and better than ever. Yeah, you know, they're really amazing, and uh, most of the, at least the larger prizes do have sort of a, you know, some options with respect to cash and that sort of thing. So there's, uh, yeah, they're really trying to appeal to everyone and, and get them, like you said, to hook them into to really trying to uh, purchase those tickets and support health care in our community. So, we'll, uh, we'll bang the drum, Mike. Appreciate you. Good luck with this one. Well done. Beautiful home. And uh, I said, I'm, I've been saying it all morning, I have not won yet. So if you're you looking still? at it and saying, yeah. well, he won last time, I, I'm not that guy. Still eligible. Still very much <laughs> in the realm. Be good, Mike. Good to talk to you. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Have a good morning. You bet. You too. Bye. Mike Meldrum, President and CEO. You, do I look... You don't think I look like CEO material? You're just tired a lot. You're burnt out. I feel like you need vacation, not more work. And CEO, I don't know what this stands for, but boy, it sounds like a lot of work. Come on, everybody. Over? Can't eat often. I'm too busy working. Um, that can't be it. No. Yeah. Well, maybe it isn't for you. <laughs> I don't know. Foothills Hospital Home. What does it stand for? It honestly, in terms, I can tell you about a pitcher's fifth. I, I don't know, know yeah. what the hell. Yeah, the the whole buying stuff online. It's as easy a process as you're going to find. And I bought lots of dumb stuff online. Yeah, like this is not one of those things. This isn't hot. This is so easy. <laughs> no, this is so easy. So easy. Uh, have we done everything we needed this to do today? This is almost a show, dude. You basically just have to do what you want to talk about. And really? Get in your car, go home, and sleep. You're going to made in the shade. What are we doing? We got Flames Talk today. Probably should, eh? We do Flames Talk at 9. Kevin yeah. Woodley's going to swing by and tell us how many games out of the final five Jake and Markstrom should play, because I don't know. We assume Daryl knows. Yeah. I hope they're on the same page. That'd be nice. I'm sure they I don't want them are. to fight. Yeah. No, I wouldn't want that either. Yeah. So, do you, so you're off tomorrow and then off for the weekend. Do you I'm know not what, coming in on the weekend. I know that. Do you know what you what you're doing to all of us tomorrow? Uh, rubbing it in your nose, Marty Rose. <laughs> I'm Marty Rose in you. We got Marty Rose tomorrow. I love it. In your stead, Marty Rose. Yeah. So uh, that's what you really should do. You want to get some ratings. You and Sylvia in studio. I can never figure out what time of day because she listens to the mornings. And she she's listens calling in the afternoons. at like 1 a.m. And then she's calling in the middle of the night. When's Sylvia getting any rack? That bird sleeps when she wants. I Don't guess. worry about her. Jeez. She is like a bird. Up early. Only fly away. I don't know where my home is. 
Spread your wings. I don't know where my All right, now I'll read the thing. What do you think about this game tonight? Overtime. <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I kind of feel like the Flames will look better than they have the last few. It's been a little bit sloppy. Thing is, though, sloppy? it's it's not They're not a, easy games to play, right? Like, it's not a road game, but this is still a team that played Saturday, mm-hmm. flew to Chicago Sunday, yeah. played Monday, flew, played Tuesday, flew back. It's a sludge game. You get two tired teams going head-to-head here. Yeah. There, it's an off day yesterday. It's like, what kind of an off day is it when you get back to town at, like, 1 or 2 in the morning? Yeah. Yeah. Dallas kind of got whoopty dude last night up in Edmonton. Kinda. Yeah. Look out, Edmonton's been whoopty doing a lot of teams lately. I don't like this at all. See, I was gonna. T- don't like that one bit. The Oilers. Before we let you go, because you're not on, you're three in a row. Nine of eleven. The shutout streak ended for old Smitty Bear. That's at least that's out of the way. Mike Smith has won seven straight starts. Seven. His last 10 starts, 9-0-1, oh, hmm. with a 9.48 save percentage. The puck's hitting him, dude. It's hitting him. He's diving all over the place, making big is saves. Is he still, like, chalk outline on his tummy after the first one, or is he, like, upright to make second saves? Well, That's why I, like, gauge if he's on or he's off. There were a couple last night. He came diving across. His mask went flying off after he made he the save. He likes doing that. He's a bit dramatic. He's, uh... He's feeling it. We joked all year, it. you got to play him to get him feeling it and get him feeling it. Well, he's feeling it now. Well, he, he, no question. Kings in four, it says here. I can always count on Flames fans to bring it back around. Well, right? I mean, it's not as if they, they didn't get good goaltending last year and they did get swept. And it was a better goalie on their side, on the other side. And it wasn't as if they weren't heavily favored in the bubble in their own rink against a Chicago team that was 24th or 25th in the league and sold at the deadline. They need to exercise some playoff demons. Yeah. It's not going to be like hunky dory if Mike Smith is great down the stretch but isn't good in the series. It, it, he's playing well now, and that's good news for Oilers fans. But really, he needs to be good May second and beyond. Let's do some what you want to talk about. It's brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Do you own a pharmacy? Find out how Calgary Lock and Safe can retrofit your locks to meet the new mandates. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. Yes, 96960. I'm all for naming top lines, but the Avengers line is not it. Cringe. I don't know. I was know. thinking about the hyper line. Like, they're, they're like hyper, it's HPR. That would be Hintz, Pavelski, and uh, Robertson. Is it? Yeah. I don't know that they'll like that, but that's the, when I try to do it in my head, that's the only way I could come up with. Never dawned on us to give this line here in town. You got a Gaudreau and a I know. It's the best a, line in the league. That's what we've been calling it. That's a pretty good name for a line, hey? Yeah, it's more often than not, it has been that. Yeah. So, I don't. I think they'd be happy with that. Nomaker. Is that a word? Why are hmm. no? Why are Pat and Matt so serious all the time? Yesterday, a listener asked when Marty was coming back, and they didn't even play along. Hmm. Listen, the afternoons is no time for farting around. You got some serious news breaking throughout the day, right? Randy and Brosie could be lying about whether they went to four downs or not in some meeting. We got to break this down. Really could. See? I think that And UFC 832 is going to Sacramento. Yeah, I it's it's a lot. I think that 
morning skate, practice, it's done. Yeah. It's now time to react Let's to break. the news of the day. Yes, I can't believe they had uh, Carpenter skating between Lewis and Lucic. Can't be mucking about, talking about, oh, Marty, Matt, come on now. Yeah, you get your farts and giggles in the morning. We do the real news. It's CNN in the afternoon. Uh, boom, what is the mudroom situation in this show home? Also, is there space for my togs? I think you're in great shape for both those fronts. You're going to need the togs, I think, on the lower level because it's the walkout basement to right. the lake. You don't want your togs all the way on top. You're going to be dripping water through the whole house. So yeah. not tongs. No, the tongs would be in the in your utensil drawer. Or that's... Hmm. I better not. Um... <laughs> Did the draw for game tickets happen yet? Uh, it did not. Not on this show. But I'm that sure seems like a serious bit of afternoon business to get done. Yeah, but it's for today's game. You'd probably like a little bit of a block notice yeah, as well, to whether you're going to the you game or not. Want them bad enough, or you don't? Yeah, well, do we care no. about keeping oh. the points ahead of the Wild and Blues in case we play them in round three? I think Daryl wants to get all the points that are left, but um, if you have the pleasure of facing St. Louis or Minnesota in round three, i.e. you got that far, and mm-hmm. also Colorado's out, you'll happily take that too, even if you don't have home ice, right? Imagine if you got to round three and it wasn't Colorado. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody's playing well, but also, oh, okay, there's a pathway here. Nobody else says Calgary's first line is the best in the league except you guys. No, that's not correct. Pretty Everyone much, else I've says they are one of the best. I mean, just all threes plus minus shows they are by far the most dominant line. Oh, so are you agreeing with us or are you taking a run at it? Nobody else says you guys are wrong. Because I was prepared to de- defend our outlandish statement. He's, he's, he's on both but sides. I, he's, I don't uh, know. I, yeah. It does seem early for booze, but live your life. Is there a pay-per-view option where we can opt in and hear Boom swear? People really want more of that, right? Yeah, I mean, when we get fired, I'm sure there'll be <laughs> all kinds of different places. We'll, we'll beg you for $5 and we'll do stupid things like, Rod the Bud! and you Because know, in fairness, yeah. we did the Instagram Live the one night and you had the sunglasses on and you were half in the bag. You were kind of the one with the foul language. I mean, Dean... That was definitely, as an actor, the role I was playing You're portraying in that movie. That, yeah. I had my TV wig on, away we went. Tonight, performing as Ryan Pinder. Ryan, Ryan Pinder. Pinder. Yeah. In the, no, You're good performing at it. as Ryan Pinder in the bag, yeah. wearing sunglasses at uh-huh, night. Oh, I see, yeah, yeah. Got no, it. Noted sober actor, Ryan Pinder. Uh, he says, I'm agreeing with y'all. That's good. Thank of, you. Yeah. Uh, no, and you know what? Don't get all insular. We're too small of a market. No one's paying attention. Yeah. This line has got a lot of love from the TNT panel on hockey night from the most reputable stats people on publications like The Athletic and others. I'm not worried about this story not being talked about in other markets. It is. It just is from where I'm at. And it may be. You're reading the people that make up articles about guys eating hot dogs on their way to the rink, but the really good hockey writers are talking about this line as the best in the league this year. I don't get too caught up in it. I, I'm not. I'm not going to sit down and have a hard-nosed conversation with somebody over whether or not the Landeskog, McKinnon, Rantanen line is better than this line or the. And to be fair, this year, what's helped the argument is that that line's been hurt a lot and it hasn't been together a lot. 
and Ditto in Boston were, I think all three of those guys have missed time. Marchand to suspension, Pasternak to injury, Bergeron missed time early. Yeah. That's part of it is availability. If you're going to play 80-plus together, that's a rare feat. But simply when they're on the ice, the goal differential at even strength is staggering. Their ability to score on other teams and not get scored on, you don't often see amongst elite offensive players. There's always a little pushback. Like the year that Leon and Connor were – uh, running away with the race, like I think Leon, when you got rid of empty netters and just went to five on five, like he was basically an even player. Yeah, that's not what this line's doing, and that's not a shot at Leon. Like he's in a, one of the best two or three offensive players in the game, but you can't suggest defense is his strength. This line has somehow done both, and they've done it from pretty much game one to game whatever the hell we're at now. It's been a consistent. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like they get went hot and then. Ice cold for no. 10, 12 games. There was a, it, it got stale for a bit, but and then they'd, for a game or two, they'd toy with different lines. But whenever they needed offense, the next period would start, yeah. and there they were. And they've been pretty damn consistent, given the reputation of the two wingers before this season when you sort of wondered about where they were at. Where was the consistency last year? What, are they, what happens when the things get tough? They've been really damn consistent this year. Uh, boom, boom. Ribeyes or T-bones? There we go. There's a good Thursday question. Well, it's it's ribeyes. That's and I'm not going to suggest that that's always the case. That that's just what I end up doing. Although I have to admit, it's gotten a lot harder as of late. Um, what with inflation, your yeah. diet, or no? You can still have protein. It's I, I never seem to have enough twenties in my wallet mm. when the time comes to buy them. And I'll say this: You gotta start doing those uh, those cameos online. Start cursing oh, for dollars. So, yeah. Rod the bud. Ten Top. bucks for an f bomb. Let's yeah. go. Hit me up. You're gonna be told by a lot of people who are in the the industry of, you know, chefs, cooks, bakers, all you know that when you are cooking meat, when you are preparing a meat dish, mm-hmm. that the bone in, yep, is going to give you that extra flavor. Flavour. I'm going to say I'm not uh, I'm not buying it. I am going to say you could take a bone-in ribeye it's... and a ribeye without the bone. You could prepare them both identical whether you're doing them uh, sear and then and then roast or however you want to do it. Do both of them the same, same seasoning, same everything. Yeah. Two different plates, cut the bone off because it's now prepared. Any of the flavor that you're saving has now been incorporated into that meat, okay. supposedly. Allegedly. I'm going to say it's a 50-50 proposition. It's a coin toss. They won't be best. able to pick them apart. No. Phony baloney. It is a little late in the show to come in with a hot take conspiracy theory, but I'll allow it. Throw out something highly controversial like just, that, and then just good thing leave. you're in tomorrow. Yeah, I don't want right. you running away until Monday. With, That's right. Drop this. That's something stink bomb. you would do. That's right. This is like the the Friday afternoon firings. Like, oh, what? What are you talking about? Oh, well, oh, we'll talk next week, I guess. Go get pork steak. Costs about half as much as beef. Well, it tastes about half as good as beef. I was too. gonna say the ratio is worth. But I'm it. gonna. Uh, hey, look, pork does get overlooked. That pig deserves more <laughs> love than what we give it. That pig gives and gives of itself. That's sweat hog. Right? That big fat bastard. <laughs> he gives and he gives. Stupid dirty snout. And then it's like, hey, like what else? Do we... Oh, you don't like pork chops. Well, isn't that great? <laughs> okay. Like how you like pulled pork, you like bacon, Eat you like hot dogs. like come on. The hell do I have to do over here? Uh, bone in steaks are a marketing ploy by restaurants that don't want to take the time to cut the steak properly. I think what it is is you, you buy in bone. You're paying for the bone mm. when the 
How do you how do you price meat? By weight. Keep the bone in. Costs more. Well, I don't want to pay for the bone. Oh well, the bone makes it taste better. I think you're unearthing some really really dark dark culinary secrets of I that know, industry. Yeah, I know I am. Uh, that, that I guess that'll do it. I want to get to because uh, you said what we got uh, the goaltending answers coming up. Yeah, we got like five or six Perfect. serious goaltending questions, and they're going to get some serious answers from Kevin Woodley of Ingoal Magazine, who's going to probably rub it in that he's been golfing for two months out there. Have uh, have a good time at uh, gas costs like ten bucks a liter though, so suck right. on that, Woodley. Have a good weekend. Yeah, well, emceeing yeah. the wedding. Yeah. If I don't blow the pants out on this suit, it's going to be a huge win. Yeah, that's the how I'm going to this this weekend will be judged on whether I blow the pants out on my nice suit. God, my legs are too big now. This damn spacesuit, I'm jacked up. Can you the insta- buttons are pulling on the shirt now? Yeah, well, you're huge. I'm not huge, but I was a scrawny bag of milk before. I'm not that anymore. You're huge, dude. Come on. My hoop can, hardly fits in the pants. Can you Instagram live that when the arse blows out in your pants? The T-bar's hanging That's when right. I bend over. It's just a bad look. When your dude. tong, your tongs are hanging out. <laughs> it's what you want to talk about. Brought to you by Calgary Lock and Safe. Operate your locks with the touch of your phone. Upgrade to smart locks with Calgary Lock and Safe. Visit calgarylockandsafe.com. See you tomorrow, buddies.